so much of life I think we think is like forcing and pushing when often I think the opposite works really well which is if you can just let go and often when you let go you just free yourself up to perform because so much of life is like pulling us to like narrow constrict like only focus on like these couple things right in front of us and if you can just step back get perspective and let go you often like free yourself up and you don't have like this burden weighing you down and you can achieve what you want to achieve welcome back to another episode of the maybe running will help podcast i'm your host nikki tambrino also known on instagram as one classy mother runner In addition to being a play on words, I'm literally a mother runner, but the classy part is more about having high standards on how I behave rather than style. I'm a personal development enthusiast focusing on mindset and growth through sport, but back to why you are here. Every release, we bring you experienced guests who are connected to the community and pair their experiences with compelling research to inspire you so that you can continue to thrive through running. Our mission is to promote running as an inclusive sport, give hope to others, and motivate you to keep lacing up. I'm so glad you're here today, and I hope after listening, you'll feel motivated to subscribe to our show and share it with your friends. Finally, we love feedback, and for that reason, we highlight your reviews on the show. So don't forget to submit your ratings with comments on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream our program. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the show. Today, I want to start off by thanking Nora Rhodes, who is also one of the brave guests on our first episode about recovering addicts. Nora writes, I love this podcast. Nikki's research for each episode is impeccable. Her guests are incredible and provide so much insight into the mental and physical aspects of running. I love that she speaks openly about sensitive issues that a lot of athletes face, such as eating disorders, substance abuse, anxiety, etc. This is a very well-rounded and thoughtful podcast. I absolutely love it. Um, guys, it's feedback like this that keeps us putting out content. Our goal is to add value to our community through this show. Thank you, Nora, and everyone who has taken the time to reach out for making us proud to be here. And we couldn't do this show without people just like you guys sharing your stories. I feel incredibly honored to speak with each and every guest and form these relationships through this platform. Speaking of, our next guest is someone I never thought I'd have the opportunity to meet. His content has gotten me through some pretty rough times. March 2019 marks a pivotal point in my life. I know this because it's when I ordered a book called The Passion Paradox and subscribed to a newsletter called Peak Performance, co-written by our next guest, Steve Magnus. When I was trying to figure out how to introduce Steve, I struggled to explain what an honor it is to personally have the opportunity to talk to him. Then, as I was sifting through emails to get my thoughts together, I found the following note I sent in response to the book and one of the newsletters referenced above. Steve and Brad Stahlberg, who is his co-author and someone I also truly respect. Just a quick note to say thank you. 
The passion paradox had a huge influence on me when I was struggling a couple years ago, feeling burnt out and depressed during an intense training season. Since then, I've enjoyed reading your newsletters and linked articles and listening to your podcasts. I always forward my favorite content to friends and Instagram followers because I think what you share can help untangle many of our minds that have been mixed up as we strive to perform at our best while being infiltrated with an overwhelming amount of health and wellness information. I feel I can trust what you are distributing because it is based on studies and because it is honest, not trying to sell shortcuts and quick fixes. Somehow, I always feel a little better after reading your insight on various topics. This is just one of the many much shorter messages of appreciation I sent in response to the work done by Stephen Brad. Now, Steve's latest book, Do Hard Things, Why We Get Resilience Wrong and the Surprising Science of Real Toughness, was released just a few weeks ago. Today, I'm sharing our discussion from just before its release. I know you're going to love Steve's radical rethinking of how we perceive toughness and what it means to achieve our high ambitions in the face of hard things. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's go for it. Let's go. Let's go for it. As a performance coach and author who is passionate about what really works, Our guest today, Steve Magnus, helps those dedicated to personal growth make sense of the science behind success and fulfillment. He doesn't believe in hacks and uses his platforms to educate and not sell simple solutions. I've already pre-ordered his latest book, Do Hard Things, and I can't wait to share more about him and it with you through this interview. I am excited to welcome this world-renowned expert on performance to the show. Steve, hi. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Can we start with like running now? Like, what's your relationship with running today? I I have a great relationship with running. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's that it's my passion. I love doing it. It's the thing that like clears my head and gives me space and like makes me feel good. I don't really race anymore. Um, but what I do is I run at least six days a week, if not seven. And then one of those days I do something hard. So some sort of hard workout. Sometimes it's a longer hard workout. Sometimes it's short and fast. And like, that's my kind of go-to schedule because it gives me like the best of both worlds, which is like the easy, longer stuff, the the running with friends, but also just that reminder of what it's like (laughs) to just kind of suffer a little bit. And remind yourself like, oh, yeah, this is this is really hard. And I have to, you know, work my way through this stuff. Right. Which is good for the mental toughness that we're going to talk about. Exactly. And that's that's part of it. And I think that, you know, if I look at my life, it's like running provides like that, that opportunity to challenge myself. But at the other side, it also provides this wonderful thing, which is like, running with friends or with my wife or like this social interaction piece that is also vital as well. So I, I don't know what I would do without running. So, you know, as I said, I don't compete anymore, but like, there's no way I'd, I'd give it up. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point because our relationship with running can change and that's kind of what's great about it. And I think what I love about what I think your new book's about and what I've or be with you in one second what i've heard it's about from your podcast and stuff like that is just about kind of that strength that isn't necessarily tied to 
running hard and the results and stuff like that. Cause one of the things I think about, like, do you run with a watch? I off and on, I go okay. back and forth. Um, and so one of the things I find is that I do when I'm training run with a watch, but right now I just ran a race and I'm not running with a watch and I don't ever feel bad about my runs. I'm like, I'm running my best and I feel like I'm running my best because I have no idea if I'm running my best. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's super interesting. And, and, you know, one of the things too is like, um, that I was, you know, obviously I knew I was going to talk to you and I was thinking, um, if you would like to make a call, please hang up and try again. I think a lot of stuff that I've learned from you is that, um, learning how strong you are really has to do with dealing with the circumstances and situations that we're given, um, you know, in a race or, or run or train or whatever. So, um, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, do you have any comments on that? You know what I mean? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. And I think we make that mistake, right. Where we almost equate like how fast we ran with like our inner strength or what have you, but that's just simply not the case. I mean, it's, it's, all about dealing with the challenge that is um, before you and then figuring out how to navigate through that. And for some of that, some of like those challenges are going to be different. Right. And this is what, you know, I often have conversations with um, maybe newer recreational runners and they're asking me all these things. And I'm like, I can help you, but your challenges are also different from what you know my experience is. Because like the last time I was new as a runner was when I was. I don't know, 14 years old, which is a lot different for, you know, what it takes or what you're able to do than if you come to running later in life. And I think it's about kind of like appreciating those challenges that are before you and like figuring out, okay, how am I going to navigate this successfully in a way that like leaves me in a healthy spot? And then I think that is also key. Yeah. And, and what I love about that is, you know, a lot of people get super nervous about a race or whatever, but if you actually think about it in terms of being able to handle situations that come to you the best you can, there's really no reason to have that fear because all you need to do is know that you're going to do the best you can with whatever is presented. Cause I think about a lot of times people are worried like, Oh my gosh, what if I have stomach problems during my run? You know what I mean? But okay. So you have, an issue you have to use the porta potty like how are you then going to make the best out of that race it, exactly and i think that's spot on is that it's like it's part of life we're inevitably going to be thrown like these wrenches and things at us it's just kind of part of it so how do you handle those situations and i think you put a good part or said something important there which is it's almost like that fear and anxiety can be the controller and it can be the thing that like holds you back and gets you in your way. Um, or you can free yourself up to perform. Right. And to me, it's about how do we free people up to perform? So put themselves in a situation where it's like, no, this might be difficult. This might have some anxiety. I might go through some rough patches, but like my goal is to kind of explore and see what I'm capable of and see how I get on the other side of some of those bad patches. And, and that's kind of what it's all about because that's what you can control. Yep. And if you can control it, then you can do something about it. I think often what happens is we get 
that fear and anxiety. And then it's like, almost like, Oh, I can't, it doesn't matter. Like I can't do anything about it, et cetera. And then you just like spiral out of control. You freak out instead of, you know, maybe having like that calm conversation where you're just like, yeah, this kind of sucks. And yeah, you know, maybe my stomach isn't great, but I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm going to figure out how to get like, get through this because in a mile or two, it could completely change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and cause I think it's really hard. This is something that I recently had experience with, so it's on my mind, but I think it's really hard when things aren't going well and you can't necessarily see that you're that reward of the PR or whatever to keep going. Like you almost want to be like, what's the point, right? You want to stop, like, what's the point? Um, but I think what really is strength and what really shows our strength is that you kind of don't give up because things aren't going the way that you want them to. And you push through and make, you know, something else with, with it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's important here is that our brain is protective. So it's natural for us to, if we maybe don't see our goal or what have you, to have those thoughts of like, oh, what's the point? Like, go find a hole to step in, like, go, go find that stop at the aid station, like whatever it is, like, that's natural, because like, you see that goal slipping away, and your brain's just like, well, do I really want to go through all this pain and heartache for something that I'm not going to accomplish. But I think navigating that is is kind of all what toughness is, because it's like, okay, we have this part of your brain, this devil on your shoulder telling you stop, etc. But then you have to figure out, okay, do I, am I really in trouble or is this just like my brain kind of being lazy, you know? Yeah. And, and what I mean is like, if you're really in trouble, if you're suffering from like heat stroke or something like that, listen to it, like stop, quit. But 90% of the time or 90 plus percent of the time, like that's not the case. You're not really in trouble. Yeah. You're just, you're just brains kind of pulling you away. And I think if you stick in the experience, if you sit with that experience, you never know where you're going to come out on the other end. Actually, this last week, I was having a conversation with the, the wonderful, great marathoner, Shalane Flanagan. And she was telling me the story of the Boston Marathon where Des Linden won. Yeah. And she was, she was like, let me tell you the inside story. I'm like, great. She's like, Early on in the race, Des was like, it's not my day. It's not my day. Like, I'm just going to help you, Shalane. You're fit. Like, it's not my day. And and that's what she did during the first couple miles. But eventually, like, Des got out of that spot and it became her day. Right? Yep. So think about what would happen if, if Des just said, oh, it's not my day. I'm not going to do well and just quit at that moment. She wouldn't be the freaking Boston Marathon champion. Dude, I so, think about that story all the time. It, exactly. I love that story. So it's it's just like, it, you know, I think that's so powerful to me because it it's like, you know, often we think like when we're in the thick of it and it's hurting and things aren't going well, we just kind of look and we're like, oh, this is just going to go downhill and we're never going to do anything. But you just never know. Never you don't know, know if you're going to come out of it or like if opportunity is going to arise. And, and so much of it is like, putting yourself in that place where, you know, you're able to get through things and able to see what you're, you're capable of and, and not just like, you know, giving in to that, that voice that says, Hey, quit, slow down, 
give up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, a lot of what you're talking about is like having that curiosity to see curiosity to like explore that. And then you can use that going forward, you know, the next time or whatever. It, but, it, exactly. It is. Yeah. And I, I love that, that curiosity, because that's what it is. It's like, yeah. you know, being having that explorer's mindset of like, hey, I'm this, this, I'm just gonna like, see what this is. Yeah. and see what happens and see what occurs and if you can go in with that mindset then you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but like at the end of the day you can walk away and be like you know i went through this spot and i think the other part that is really important here is that like all of it is experience mm -hmm. right and if we have more experience to draw from when we're going through something really difficult then it becomes a little bit easier because you can be like no like I was in this spot before, you know, with, with some marathoners I work with, you know, they'll tell me in the middle of the marathon, they might miss like a bottle or like their nutrition. And it's easy to freak out and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to hit the wall because I didn't get my, my, my bottle at this mile. But if you've been through a marathon before, you've inevitably gone through an experience where you, you didn't get nutrition or you couldn't keep it down and you still figured your way through it. Right. And I think that's where that experience is, like even in the bad times is sometimes it's like, you know, this might not help you now, but it's going to give you that thing to like look back on and be like, no, I've been through worse spots. Like, let's right. let's just keep going. Yeah. And I think there's no experience that's really a waste or anything. I think we learn something from every experience that we have. And I, and I always try to keep that in mind when things uh, don't go my way and you know, you want to be upset. I'm like, what am I learning from this? And it, yeah, it, it often it's like our worst experiences that we learn the most from, right? Yeah, because it, it it's like they can teach us because it's like, well, this was kind of a disaster. So, <laughs> you know, what what went wrong here? What did I go? Uh, you know, what happened? And I think that is that is again one of the most powerful teachers. I remember. When I was working with uh, Sarah Hall and she was making her marathon debut, you know, I remember in the weeks leading up to it, talking with her and her husband, Ryan, and Ryan obviously has a lot of experience in the marathon. And he's like, Sarah's going to kill it. She's like on fire. Her training's great. Steve, you guys are in a great spot. She's going to like set the debut record. And then like on marathon day, she absolutely blew up. And I, you know, <laughs> and it's it's just like, how did we go from this to here? But it, I think it was a great experience because it like forced us to like reevaluate everything mm -hmm. that we did, you know, and yeah. it was like, it's like, okay, that didn't work. We thought it was these workouts looked really good, but what was the missing piece? What was the missing puzzle piece? And it like forced you to figure that out versus if you had like a, an okay day, maybe like you would be like, oh, everything worked out all right. Like, yeah. you know, we're not going to change anything, but because it went really bad, like yeah. it, it forces you to learn and grow. And I think that's often where the power is in these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that point. I love pointing that out because, it, you know, again, talking about that, that fear going into something, if you have that kind of perspective where no matter what happens, you know, if there's a benefit to it, then there's really no reason to get so caught up in being afraid. Um, so I, no, I love that. Um, what I'm curious to know, like, 
what got you into this kind of work and thinking about these things is that did you have a personal experience that really made you kind of examine this kind of stuff or um did you see something or how did you get inspired to do what you do yeah that's a good question um yeah i mean i think everything is personal i mean if you're a writer or author the joke is often like we write the books that we need oh yeah because like you're trying to wrestle and figure something out and if you're going to spend months and years like exploring and writing something like you need the motivation to keep it going and often that motivation is like the curiosity from like something you experience right. so like for example <laughs> when um brad stolberg and i wrote peak performance a lot of that book came from we had gone through experiences as a burnout and we were just like okay how in the world do we not do this? Like, let's explore this stuff. So in, in, in Do Hard Things, like it's a book on resilience and toughness. Well, a lot of that came out through a, a number of different avenues. A, my long career in running and like thinking about and helping other athletes like, hey, how do you work through these difficult components? And then B, in my own life, like in the midst of writing all this stuff, like I was going through um, a whistleblowing experience, which was really freaking difficult. And like figuring out how to have like this big thing over here distracting me in my life while also trying to do these other things that I want to. Like that took a lot of like resilience, toughness, whatever you want to call it. So I again, I think we write the books that like, have meaning and purpose to us and and part of it is too is like you you sit there and you think well if i'm going through this and i'm struggling through this like other people will you know mm -hmm. other people are too and i think it's almost like you have this platform and i'm fortunate that like i can write books about these things so it's my job to, you know, maybe get the message out there and and try and figure out things that will will help others. Yeah, and it does. I mean, I can tell you personally, uh, the things that you write have helped me tremendously. And so with this book, how do you, how is it different from some of the other stuff that I've that I've read from from you? Because I mean, I've never read anything that you've written that hasn't like helped me in some way i'm like so excited to get my hands on this book well um, th yeah. no thanks so much i really appreciate that um yeah. and and really <laughs> this is this book is more of a again it, it it's more of okay we're all gonna face challenges whether that's in your athletic pursuits your work pursuits your family life we're all gonna get stuff thrown at us and how do we navigate and get on the other side of that yeah. And traditionally, I think the kind of, uh, especially in America, the the kind of thing we've told ourselves to do is like, oh, you just work hard, you put your head down, you grind through things, and like that's how you do things. But if you look at the research and the top performers, is it's not that often backfires, because what happens is it's almost like you've 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 got a that approach is like you got a hammer and everything is a nail but mm -hmm. in life everything isn't a nail you're gonna get you're gonna get problems or challenges where you put your head down and you reach down and there's no energy there right there's nothing there's not that yeah. extra oomph to get you through 
So how are you going to get through? You have to have some other tool sets. So really this book is about exploring all the different tool sets uh, that you can have that like people get through challenging times. And I talked from, from, you know, athletes, lots of endurance athletes and runners, obviously, but also like those in the special forces, like how do they handle the chaos of being in battle and war and like keeping their mind clear? I talked to like parents and teachers, like, how do you handle like how do teachers handle like outbreaks in the the classroom where pe- where kids are just going nuts right yeah um talk to all sorts of people you know how people handle grief and loss and like tragedy like how do you like that's one of the toughest things you can do how do you get on the other side of that and there the research is fascinating because it isn't like put your head down and ignore it you have to deal with the thing and like make sense of it and make meaning out of it and get some purpose out of it. And I think like, again, across all those, those instances, it's about, you know, life is going to throw a lot at us. And so much of it is how do we handle it and make our way through and get out on the other side with like, you know, some new perspective. And and that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. And so one of the things that you really helped me with was, and I think it's everything that you're talking about, is the black and white thinking where it's like either this or that. And a lot of what you talk about is the gray area and the middle and how it's not just, there's not just one solution. It's, you have to realize that there's all these different options. And um, I mean, I just, I just love that. I think it's so helpful because if you stick yourself in this box where it's like either this or that, like you said, with the hammer and the nail, then what are you going to do when it doesn't work out? You're stuck, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of like freeze. It, it's almost like being more free, you know? It, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because it, you know, it's one of the simple things of life is like, it's easier if you just go to this black or white world because it gives you this like false sense of security where you're just like, oh, this is the answer. This is works. But life doesn't work like that, you know, and, you know, we're in there's a whole individualistic nature to all of these things, which means like things that work for me might not work for you or vice versa or whatever have you given the situation. So to me, it's like instead of, you know, saying like this is the only way it's like figure out all the different paths or all the different tools that that could help you in things and then you know have those as options because you never know and this is something that i learned as a um early on as a running coach right is in in coaching we like to have our own philosophies where it's like oh this is my training style but if you coach long enough you're gonna get a kid or an athlete who like doesn't respond whatsoever to like the traditional way and you've got to try something different or if you don't like they're just not going to improve and i think that's again where it's like if i had those tools to understand i might only pull it out like once every couple years but i've got something to go to if my my like traditional methods to improving performance or whatever have you don't work right and 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 that's harder like when you talk about doing hard things 
like I, you know, there is a, a, a sense of like freedom in that where, you know, if something doesn't work, you have all those options, but it's also like harder not to have that, this one thing that fits everyone to, to have different styles and, and recognize that there's all kinds of different people and all kinds of different situations and come be creative. And um, so that's kind of the toughness I kind of think of when I, I think of do hard things is that kind of hard being creative with your solutions. Right. And I think that's, it's almost like, and I talk about this in the book a little bit, it's like sitting with that tension, right? Because the tension is like the e it's like pulling you towards the easy solution, which is like this black and white thinking. This is like the only solution, et cetera. But if you just sit with that, then you realize like, okay, like there's a lot of different options and a lot of different paths that I should go. I, I could possibly go. And I need to like sit with it and figure out what way is like the right path or taking the wise action. And that is, again, a lot more uncomfortable than just being like, you know what? Someone told me that like this workout was magic or this diet was the cure all for all these things or this like morning routine is the best in the world. That is a lot more comfort comforting, but it's not going to work all the time. Yeah. So I've got to be able to like sit with that like tension and be like, okay, like, is this the right path or is this just the easy path? And the thing is that the thing that's scary about that and all those different options is then you're the one who's in control and selecting and maybe could make a mistake and maybe pick the wrong thing. But it's also what takes courage to try something. Right. And I think that's 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 the 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 kind of crux of it is that, you know, doing the difficult thing or the hard thing often does take courage because it's going against often like the the pull of the easy solution or the easy decision or like the kind of normal decision and like sitting with that and like understanding that like hey this might go counter or this might put me out on a limb um is really tough and the other part of it is like you just don't know like we talk about these decisions we don't we, we don't have a crystal ball we can't tell you what's going to happen in the future so a lot of it is like being okay that hey my process led me to take this decision and I'm okay with that process because like whether it works or not, sometimes it's up to luck, right? Mm -hmm. It's up to these things out of our control. So we can't look back and be like, you know, that didn't work at all. Like, you know, I was completely wrong. Well, given the information you had in that moment, this was the right decision. This was the right process. And I think being okay with that is really important. Yeah. And, I, and what I, here, the message that I hear in the background of a lot of the stuff that you do is sort of this self-compassionate um, piece of it um, yeah. in all your books and all your stuff. Yeah, it is because, it, you know, what I've learned in my whatever odd years on this planet is that we're really tough on ourselves. Like our negative voice in our head is like really strong and powerful. <laughs> And it kind of tells us like it's, it kind of tells us it's like you suck and you're not good. And everybody faces that. 
So I've talked to, again, some of the best athletes in the planet and they have those same thoughts that like you or I do that like we're not good or you're not worthy or what have you. So I think given that for whatever reason, that seems to be the norm. Well, how do you combat that? You've got to be compassionate to yourself. Yeah. you got to be kind to yourself. you got to realize that like you're going to go through difficult moments and like make some bad decisions, but that's part of being human. And I think, again, if I look at across my work, maybe one of the common themes is like how to like get rid of that fear or get out of our own way so that we can perform or we can do the things that we want to do or love to do. And often we are our own worst enemy. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the getting out of our, our own way is huge. And, and it's all about kind of having that courage to face the things that you're afraid of. And one of the things I wrote down that you had said, <laughs> um, it's kind of what we talked about. I wrote it down because I was like, oh, that's a good line. Um, and I write down quotes that I hear that I want to remember. Mm. But it was like, failure is feedback. So, um, which if you think about it in that way, it's not, I mean, it's all, it's helpful, which we've already talked about, but. Yeah, but, but a lot of this is like reframing things, right? right? You reframe it so that it's productive and helpful instead of this like big, scary thing that we want to avoid. Because often what happens, let's talk about failure is that you know, failure is almost like it can be an attack on our sense of self, right? Mm -hmm. If I if I think of myself as a runner and I drop out of a marathon, it's not that, oh, Steve, like, failed at running. It's Steve failed. Mm. Like, we take it personally. Right. So I and I think that's kind of, you know, what happens when you you take it personally well, it sets you up to be like afraid of this thing, which puts you in like this avoidance mindset or this avoidance state where you're just like, well, I don't want to take that risk because like then it's me failing. Right. Yeah. So I think if we can reframe some of these things like, you know, failure gives us provides us information and like is feedback and all those things. What it does is it reshapes it and says, hey, this isn't something that you should necessarily be afraid of or that should push you to avoid doing these things. This is something that even if it feels difficult and it goes the wrong way, like still gives you vital information and allows you to learn, adapt and grow. Right. And I, and I think anytime we can reframe some of these like hard negative things as potential positives, it frees us up to do the thing and take chances and take calculated risks and, and see what we can do. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the things that I've heard, and I don't think it was from you, but I'm I'm thinking that you would agree with it, but not to define ourselves by the things that we're good at. You heard that? Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. I agree with that a thousand percent. Because again, it, the way I look at it is the tighter intertwined we are with with the thing that we're good at then like it it almost makes us fragile because mm. if 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 all of a sudden we fail at that thing then it's just like again it's my sense of self that goes plummets the right. way I'll, i like to think of it often is like 
remember and you have kids so you'll you'll be familiar with this but if you remember back when you're young like you switched your identity around so often <laughs> right it, it's like you know especially grade school kids it's like one week you want to be a fireman the next a baseball player etc and you just switch around and you're okay and it's not a big deal and it's like okay i found something interesting i'm going to pursue and, and just go go at it there's yeah. some there's some good things and bad things about that but i think one of the good things is that like they're not so attached that it's almost like as adults we get so cemented with it where it's like oh no i've spent my life as x y and z like i can't change mm. because like that's not who i am and i think that gets in the way because like we are so much more than our jobs our activities pursuits like we are we can be good at all sorts of things and often the like skill set we have developed and maybe our our favorite pursuit or job translates very well to you know things that are very far away and disparate and and different and i think yeah. we often like neglect that and you know don't don't take advantage of that and that's why you talk about it being about the process. And if we think of everything as part of the process, um, then it's a little bit easier to kind of go with the flow of, you know, where that fits into your life now might not be exact, look exactly like it does right now, but it could be part of the process that gets you to where you're going type thing. Exactly. I think a process centered focus is so important because it, it just shifts a little bit of that power away from that outcome. And often when we're too focused on the outcome, it again, it makes it where we get in our way. Yeah. Because it's like, here's this big, scary thing that almost holds all the power. And when you shift our process, you're like, yeah, you know, the outcome will take care of itself. If I execute on the things that I'm supposed to execute on, then I feel pretty good about hit my goals. And if I don't, I can look back and be like, well, I did everything I could. And it's, you know, honestly, I'm going through that right now with whenever you launch a book because you have like publishers and everybody like, hey, let's try and sell this many copies and all this stuff. And it can drive you nuts. Mm. But if you step back and be like, okay, like what are the important parts that I, why am I doing this? And for me, it's, I believe in this message. I want to spread it to the world to help other people. Okay, that gives me my why. Now, what am I going to do to execute? Well, a lot of it is, well, I'm going to talk to people like you who are interesting and have interesting podcasts and interesting audience who might find some benefit of it. Other things I might do is like, well, I'm going to use social media for good and spreading the word. And you just execute on your process on what you think it takes. And then, you know, whether I hit this random goal that someone set or not, like it doesn't matter because I look back and I'm like, I did everything I wanted to do. And that's what it's about. Yep. Yep. It's like, it's always about taking the next best step and that things will fall where they fall and, and it'll be what it is, but all you can do, all you can control is just taking what you think is the next best step. I love that. Um, and, and a lot of it, you know, just as off the top of my head, a lot of it is out of our control and luck too. Yeah. So I, I think of this all the time with like, uh book writing is his peak performance like took off and sold a, a ton of copies and people think like oh how did you do that how did you do that well the reality is for some weird crazy reason it ended up on a audible commercial during march madness 
and 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 beyond and granted we did a lot to help sell it but beyond that that just like brought us a new audience that like you know we had no control over so sometimes you you step back on this stuff and like yeah you can make your own luck to a degree but like all you can do is put yourself in position like to this day how did that happen i don't know but like probably what happened is someone saw our book somewhere and read it and said hey this is really good who worked at audible and put it on there <laughs> so like to me again it comes down to like how do you get opportunities of that well it's like do everything you can in your process to like get your book out out there out there and you know you never know you'll get lucky and and something will happen yeah and i i mean i for me i'm thinking like so much of your success has to have come just from getting out of your own way and like that is like the answer and like the key to i don't know are you a spiritual person at all uh yes okay so do you believe in like things happen for a reason and all that kind of thing is that yeah i mean I, it's it's funny like my wife gets uh kind of annoyed because i say you know everything's gonna work out and you know what i mean by that is like no everything's not gonna be perfect but everything's kind of gonna work out how it's gonna work out and like that's kind of how i've always lived my life and just sat there and said i'm gonna do what i can do but like it's going to work out yeah. if i'm meant to you know, accomplish X, Y, Z, then it'll happen. If I'm not like, then I've got to be okay with it. And like, that's just how life kind of goes. I love that. And I think hope is so important to have that kind of hope and believe that. And another quote that I love, I'm a quote junkie, is rejection is redirection. Mm. So like any, any, you know, I don't think I'm spiritual, a little woo woo crazy, but <laughs> I think that you can't mess up anything that is meant for you. So I think even if you take the wrong step, you make the wrong decision, whatever, I think that it may take you longer to get where you're supposed to go, but it's all just trying to like navigate you towards that. I agree. I mean, I, I look at it like this and I can see this as I look back in my life. Um, sometimes when i thought like things were bad or doors were closing it was actually like a nudge in the other direction which opened up this whole other world for me yeah and, and i think again like we don't have the benefit of hindsight but if you get nudged in the other direction and you know get rejected on something that's fine like it's it's again it's it just means that like hey these other avenues might be worth exploring so like go explore them and you might eventually get back on the same track or you might find a new track and that's totally fine yeah and i mean it's easy we can sit here and talk about this and and you know how like we have hope and all this stuff but i mean i'm sure there are times where something happens and you still feel kind of like disappointed or down or like kind of like you failed or like, what am I doing? Or like, whatever, like, can you talk about how do you deal with those times? Like, and how do you get through, you know, that? Yeah. So it's, it's really difficult. And I think there's two things that are important here. And uh, one that I talk about in the book is I just call embrace reality, which is whatever your reality is that you're facing in that difficult moment, you just have to kind of embrace and accept it. Meaning that like, <laughs> 
hope is incredibly important but like if it really freaking sucks then that's okay like you've got to just accept that and be like this is where i'm at in this moment but this doesn't mean that it's always going to be like this mm. and then the flip side of that that i think is really important and if you look at actually a lot of research on on how people handled going through incredibly harrowing things like the holocaust is that if you can make sense and meaning and purpose out of even the most difficult things it will help you get through it mm-hmm. and i know that kind of sounds like uh, i don't know a little woo woo or trite but like if you look at the research like all of these people who went through the holocaust like they they just said like meaning purpose making sense of mm. and to me it's like if someone like that can make meaning out of something so horrific right. then i think the rest of us can too of like it's almost like how do you integrate this thing in that happened to you into your story in life yeah and if if you can integrate it into your life and make it make sense then you can deal with it process it and get through it if you try and avoid ignore like push it out to the other side and not make it part of your life story then it it becomes this thing that is always kind of there looking over your shoulder and like you know being a negative um a negative negative thing so to me again it's like how do we how do we grapple with it make sense of it integrate it and if you can do that then i think you can have what's called like post traumatic growth versus mm-hmm. like the post traumatic stress yeah no that's for sure and another quote which actually i think is from you uh what you resist persists right it, it, exactly and that's that's part that's so much of it and this works from the, the like the small to the large right is whenever here's here's the example I like to give right in the history of the world telling someone to relax has never worked <laughs> right because uh-huh. why not you know if i go up to my wife and say hey just relax calm down her brain gets the signal of like Oh you're telling me to relax that must mean I'm super stressed right so and what happens is we try and resist that it's just like the brain it's like you're giving it like fuel it's saying like oh okay like this must be important to you like I'm going to resist and double down and be more stressed and all that stuff so that's how it works for everything right if if we try to ignore if we try to resist the thing it's almost like we're fueling it and giving it power the thing that you want to do and this goes for everything i mean it goes for when you're running a race and you have that voice telling you to quit if you try and like actively combat it all the time your brain's going to be like up oh, we should we should double down and come back for more if you're if you're just able to again like sit with it and like understand it and not feed the beast then eventually it like gets a little quieter and it gets a little quieter and that's that's what it's all about is like how do we quiet that thing down and the other analogy i like to use is like it's like a um a snowball on top of the hill right if you push it down and it just gains momentum and size right our goal when we resist it's like it gaining momentum and size our goal is to like 
slow it down so it doesn't like spiral out of control yeah and so many things that are like you know with toughness is our mind our brain just spirals out of control and your job is to figure out how to slow that thing down and to get back to reality that's so important it's so true so what do you think in this book is maybe the most helpful or relevant for like runners um <laughs> i gotta bring it back to running yeah but, yeah I mean I, I mean I know you talk I, you talk yeah. about a lot of other helpful things but i'm how can we use this as runners to help our um relationship with running and race performance and and things like that yeah so i'm a runner at her at heart i'm a running nerd so i'll just be honest this book is littered with running stories so much so much so that my my uh my editor was like steve just make sure you include other things and i'm like i got it i will but this is my tendency is to always go back to running so yeah. there's there's a ton i mean i talk about dealing with how to deal with pre-race anxiety and like how to you know how to navigate that i talk about again that inner voice in your head that is telling you to quit how do we deal with that that voice and then also like how do we deal with the the feelings and emotions that often come with you know in running like everything which is like that anxiety that fear that voice that like pull to quit or to step in a hole or whatever have you <laughs> and it is i could go on and on but it's littered with like things that are going to be very very specific to running I can't wait to get it. I'm like freaking out. I'm so excited. <laughs> tell, I mean, I always, I'm like, tell us how to get your book, but like, it's so easy because you can just go on stevemagnus.com. You can pre-order it on Amazon, which I think is what I did, but yeah, tell, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can check me out on all social media at Steve Magnus is pretty simple. The great thing about books is, you know, you can buy them anywhere. So yeah. your your favorite bookshop or online place or as everybody goes, like Amazon will have it. So wherever you feel like picking it up, you know, you can do so. And if you don't already, you have to follow him on Twitter. You are you have like a, like I'm not a Twitter person. I'm like Instagram all the way as far as like my content, but you are like the king of Twitter. I, you're probably like one of the only accounts that I follow on there. <laughs> and I constantly, I don't know if you can call it retweeting because I share it on Instagram. Mm. But anyway, but yeah. Well, I love that. Thanks so much. Yeah. I, you know, as a writer, Twitter comes natural. So I try to do that. But I'm going to have to get with you for some tips on Instagram because it's my love hate relationship. I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> all right, cool. All right. Well, this is so much fun. Um, and I'm so glad that we, we're able to connect today and um i know your book is gonna be super successful so thank you for writing it and what you do well thanks so much for having me i really enjoyed yeah. this conversation awesome all right have a great day all right take care bye so never have i ever lost a toenail so I have. I have lost a toenail. Yeah. Never have I ever gotten lost on a run. Uh, very frequently, unfortunately. <laughs> Same. I'm actually <laughs> notorious for it. Um, ran over an hour on the treadmill. 
I have. My longest treadmill run is, I think, uh, was 19 miles, which oh was my gosh. way That's too insane. long. Yeah. Why? It's it's a long story, but essentially we had a hurricane like in Texas. Hmm. Houston hurricanes, you get them all the time. Um, and a hurricane came through and we had electricity, but outside was just like epic disaster. And I had a long run that I needed to get on when I was competing. So, you know, I just did it on the treadmill and it was horrible and miserable. And I never want to do that again. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, Pete in a bush. Definitely have. Yep. <laughs> Fallen during a run. Uh, yep. Yep. yep, definitely there. <laughs> Stop to buy water slash fuel. I I have. I actually had to beg Girl Scouts sitting outside <laughs> of a grocery store for Gatorade and promise them that once I got done with the run, I would drive back and buy cookies and pay for the Gatorade. Did you? I, I did. <laughs> Absolutely. This, this was, again, living in Houston, Texas, like summer long runs can be really hot and although you prepare sometimes it's way worse than even you're prepared for and i was on one of these out and backs and realized that i'm not going to make it back if i don't get some <laughs> fluid so you know you do what you got to do that's awesome oh my god i'm so i have done something similar like you know how kids have like lemonade stands and yes. stuff on the side so i'll see them and i'm like oh why do i never remember to bring money um, I haven't actually ever stopped because I feel bad. I'm like, and it's not necessarily that I need it. It's just I see them there and I'm like, God, I, I mean, I would love to have some lemonade. I have no money. Um, but I've thought many times about being like, I, maybe I can get some and then tell them I'll come back to pay for it. I just have never done it. But I, I have gone into a store and begged for, I, you know what? I expected it to be free, but they were like, oh, that'll be like 50 cents for the cup or something. And I'm like, right. uh, okay, I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> um but yeah um all right oh realize that smell is me oh yes yes <laughs> for sure so the funny thing is you know it's uh almost summer and people are like with the mulch and stuff outside <laughs> like right now i was thinking about this day because this is the time of year where it's just like it smells outside and i'm like <laughs> wait <laughs> no that's definitely the mulch <laughs> um got in a runner's tan Yes, 100%. Uh, skipped other plans to run. Oh, yeah. The notorious for that, especially growing up. 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, ran in 100 degrees or more. Uh, I live in Houston, Texas. So <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a yes. Um, we'll just do a, a couple more. I don't have, I don't think we've hit one that you haven't done. I know. Taking, what? Taking a selfie while running. I haven't done that. There it is. So there, there it is. There it is. We did Thankfully. It. What? Okay. That's dude. All right. I wouldn't. Yeah. I take selfies all the time when running. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to get with you for some tips on Instagram because it's my love hate relationship. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I have to do this Instagram stuff. So we'll, we'll that's have to talk about that. Selfies. That's because you don't take selfies. Exactly. That's the key. That, that that's what I need to do. So maybe I'll I'll go check that box after this on my next run, so that then I then I'll have done everything in our never have I ever. <laughs> All right, cool.
Esa chica quiere, esa chica quiere selfie, selfie, ella quiere ver. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share the show if you enjoyed this content. Oh, and tag us on Instagram and Facebook so that we can thank you for helping us to grow and reach more people with the intention of providing hope to others through our community. Together, we can show others that running and our community will help. Have a great run, everybody.